Boy, oh boy, do we have things to talk about today. Welcome to the offseason. You thought we were slowing down. Come on, this is Kingsland, baby. The offseason is oftentimes bigger and more important than the season itself. We'd like to change that. And this offseason is already off to a big start. The news today that associate head coach Alvin Gentry would not be returning as the head coach of the Kings next season. That's no surprise, but that's not the main chunk of what we're talking about today. We're talking about Kings owner Vivek Ranadive, who has owned the Kings for nine seasons and, of course, the Kings have missed the playoffs all nine seasons. He is under a spotlight and a little bit of hot water after a Sacramento Bee article uh, came out written by Jason Anderson a couple of days ago. And this article had uh, sources, former front office sources of the Sacramento Kings, sharing some uh, pretty damning information when it comes to Vivek and his over-involvement in basketball decisions and how that has really screwed over the Kings and held them back from actually improving. We'll talk about that and and you'll hear from Darren Fox and Amanda Sabonis on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off-season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season and off-season, along with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. This is my eighth season, or this now concludes my eighth season covering the Sacramento Kings now with ABC 10 News here in Sacramento. And I just actually got home uh, from a press conference inside the Golden One Center where we heard from both DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox for the first time in quite a while. I have some audio for you from both Sabonis and Fox that I'll be playing for you in the next segment. Ton of commentary. They talked about Alvin Gentry being relieved of his duties, talked about playing with one another, expectations for this offseason. De'Aaron Fox had some amazing praise for Davion Mitchell that you need to listen to. That's all coming, again, in the next segment of the podcast. And before I jump into the conversation about Kings owner Vivek Ranadive, it is important to start out with the major news today. It's major, I guess, outside of Sacramento, kind of minor inside of Sacramento because we knew this was coming, and that's that Alvin Gentry has been informed that he will no longer be the interim head coach of the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are expected to uh, commence a comprehensive, full coaching search this offseason, something that they have never done in Vivek's time as the owner of the Sacramento Kings, which is pretty crazy to think about. The Kings will be hiring head coach number 12 since Rick Adelman was fired the last time the Kings made the playoffs or after the last time the Kings made the playoffs. So 16 years without the playoffs, 12 different coaches. That includes interim coaches Alvin Gentry and Ty Corbin. Man, that's been a carousel that we're hoping will come to an end, and that's going to be a conversation, a lot of conversation for later on uh, in future Locked on Kings podcast this offseason. That's one of the three major parts of this offseason that we're really going to talk about that this upcoming draft and what the Kings do with their draft pick, where that draft pick ends up, the draft lottery coming up as well, and then how the Kings ultimately improve this roster surrounding De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis to make a playoff run 
next season. So that's going to be all coming for you later on this offseason. But I'm glad, I'm very glad that this offseason is beginning with conversation about King's owner Vivek Ranadive. Because this is where the conversation needs to start after another very disappointing, honestly wasted Sacramento Kings season. Nine seasons Vivek has owned the team and we will forever be grateful for Vivek purchasing the team and keeping them in Sacramento. There's really nothing he could do to change that. However, Vivek's time as a pure basketball owner has been nine years of embarrassment and failure. And it's about damn time that we get an article like what we got from the Sacramento Bee putting the spotlight, putting the onus on the people it belongs on. We've seen fall guys like head coaches, Gentry, Walton, Jaeger. We've seen guys in the front office take the fall, Vlade. We've seen players upon players upon players take the fall. It's time for the consistent, the thing that has been here, the person, the group that has been here throughout it all, not including the Maloof seven years, but the last nine years, I'm talking about Vivek Ranadive and this majority ownership group. They are the ones to blame. They cannot escape that blame any longer. Now, if you haven't read this article by Jason Anderson, I highly encourage you to read it. I'm going to talk about a few bits and pieces from this, but not give away all of it because it's a really, really good read. But I will share with you, and this is not patting myself on the back. Any media member, King's media member will say the same. The information in this article that might be new to you, stunning to you, frustrating, maybe it pissed you off. This information is not new to us. I have known about a lot of what was in this article from conversations that I've had with other media members, conversations that I've had with former Sacramento Kings employees for a long time. What this article did that we've been waiting for is it features, albeit an anonymous source, but it features a source that used to be a part of this Kings organization who was willing to speak on it enough for an article to be written about. Heard plenty of under the the counter, off the record opinions and conversations and stories of what has been going on in the Vivek Ranadive owned Kings organization. But now it's someone who is giving this information willingly for a media member to publish like Jason Anderson did with the Sacramento Bee article. There's really two or three main nuggets to pull out of this thing, and it all centers around owner Vivek Ranadive and mistakes that he has made. There have been decisions that have been put on Vlade Divac. I'm talking about the Luka Doncic decision, the decision not to draft Luka Doncic. This source in this article saying, that it was more of the decision of Vivek Ranadive and former assistant general manager Brandon Williams, who had that famous issue uh, with then head coach Dave Yeager that basically got both of them fired. They were the ones behind the Kings drafting Marvin Backley, not Vladi Divots, who takes the fall for that and will forever take the fall as the general manager who did not draft Luka Doncic when it was right there for him in the 2018 draft. There's that. 
There's a described toxic work environment, which quote, people don't trust each other. They are thirsty to get any advantage or any promotion they can. Basketball hell. That's one of the quotes from this anonymous source in this front office. He says, in an ideal situation, you hire someone, I should say formerly in the front office, not currently. In an ideal situation, you hire someone you feel is qualified, you do your homework on them, and you trust that person is capable of doing the job. It's one thing to be a fan and want to be involved from afar, but I think when you are meddling in decisions, I think the problem is you have an owner who's too involved. That's been something that we've talked about for quite some time. It's still, even though Monty McNair says that this is his team and he's the one making the final decisions, there will always, at least on my side of things, be the skepticism that Vivek Ranadive is still trying to put his foot down. However, I will say a couple of examples of progress in that area where McNair is actually the one making the decisions and not Vivek Ranadive is, for example, the Kings giving Alvin Gendry the interim head coach position when it was reported that Vivek wanted to give that to Doug Christie. McNair and the other basketball minds, they won out. Gentry ends up getting that job. Plus, McNair being able to trade Tyrese Halliburton, being able to trade Marvin Bagley, being able to trade Buddy Heald and, and make the moves that he's wanted to make. I'm not saying Vivek didn't sign off on those. I have no idea. I imagine he did to some capacity. But those moves suggest that Monty is putting his stamp on this team, and that needs to continue with the decisions that Monty makes in this coaching search this offseason. I hope, I sincerely hope that he has full autonomy to hire his guy and not the guy who Vivek or anybody else in this ownership group or front office wants more than McNair. There's plenty more stuff in this article, again, for you to go read. Uh, there's something about uh, the source saying that the Kings nearly acquired Jordan Clarkson from the Cleveland Cavaliers in a trade involving Yogi Ferrell, but they didn't act fast enough due to Ron Adive's involvement. Instead, the Cavaliers traded Clarkson to the Utah Jazz, where he would become the NBA sixth man of the year. The reason why it didn't take so, or it took so long and that the trade fell apart is because Vivek felt the need to go talk to Oklahoma City Thunder general manager Sam, Sam Presti, other rival executives and agents. He wanted so many outside and different opinions on the move that it was no longer available by the time he had whatever information that he needed to gather. And again, based off of the track record that, that Vivek has shown over the years of the revolving door of advisors that he's had helping make decisions in Sacramento from Chris Mullins to Vladi Divac to now Joe Dumars, it makes sense. This is who Vivek Ranadive is. Vivek right there, that is a blatant basketball example of how the Kings could have improved under Vlade Divac, and Vivek stopped it from happening. And you know, Vlade was torn to shreds and made fun of and mocked for his I had a better trade two days ago comments. I wonder if that was him saying that he wanted to get a deal done and it was ownership that stopped it from happening. I'd love to get the opportunity to talk to Vlade and see if he'd be willing to divulge that information. No idea if he would, but based off of what this source is saying about this Jordan Clarkson trade falling through, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Overall, Vivek Ranadive needs to just take a step back. 
And now I'm being realistic here. I'm not going to say that Vivek Ranadive needs to sell the team or stop being an owner, even if fans are calling for that. It's not going to happen. Like we need to be realistic here. And honestly, the problem is when you have someone that's in this source of power, the only one that can really remove Vivek from his ownership or be forced to sell, that's the league. That's Commissioner Adam Silver. They're not going to do that. I mean, they have to have some pretty significant reasons to do that other than the team just being a laughing stock and being bad. And all things considered, Vivek, he's in charge. He's the majority owner. He's the man going forward. And when powerful people don't aren't really held accountable or there's no threat of them actually losing their power or losing their position, they have no reason to change how they act and who they are. Now, I'd like to believe that the public perception that not only this this article is making very apparent to everyone, but I mean, Kings fans have been picking up on this stuff for a while. Kings fans were aware coming into this season, going into last season, the hiring of Monty McNair. Kings fans were aware of the reputation that Vivek Ranadive has. They're they're not stupid. Y'all are picking up on this. This article just confirms a lot of the information that I and other media members had already heard and that you maybe heard yourselves or felt like what was going on. Great article by Jason Anderson. I'm glad that this information got out. And I want to be fair here. And and look, this is not me kissing the ass of the owner of the Sacramento Kings. Look, the Kings do nothing for me. The best that I get from the Sacramento Kings is a credential to cover their games. But I'm a legitimate media member in Sacramento. That's my right. I've earned that. They don't give that to me to help me out. The Kings have done nothing to really help the Locked on Kings podcast. You notice I don't get too many Kings player guests on here. I've tried. I don't get coaches on here. I've tried. A lot of media members have tried. The Kings don't do me any favors. I'm not on the Kings payroll by any means. When I share positive stuff about the Kings organization, it's because I genuinely feel that way. When I feel share negative stuff about the Kings organization, it's because I genuinely feel that way. So keep that in mind when I say this. I don't think Vivek Ranadive is a bad person. I don't think Vivek Ranadive is incapable of being a good NBA owner. I think Vivek Ranadive has a hard time letting things go and trusting people to make decisions. I think he's impatient. I think he's impulsive. And I think he has directly cost the Kings multiple opportunities to improve. From the Jordan Clarkson trade to the Luka Doncic draft, time and time again, Vivek Ranadive has firsthand had an effect on the Kings not improving. Hell, even the drafting of Nick Stauskas, who Vivek Ranadive loved. Vivek loved Buddy Heald, so the Kings traded DeMarcus Cousins for him. Time and time again, Vivek Ranadive has had his way and not allowed the basketball decision makers to have their way and look where the Kings are to show for it. I sincerely hope that is changing. Sincerely hope that Monty McNair will be the difference maker. This summer will reveal a lot especially in this head coaching search. By the way, forgot to mention too, Alvin Gentry is reportedly discussing with the Kings a front office role. He has one year left on his contract. To me, this kind of sounds like the Kings are paying him for one more year, so they want to kind of have him do something. And I will say this, Alvin Gentry is such a great guy, and I have so much respect for Alvin. He was put in such a ridiculously hard situation taking over for Luke Walton, inheriting this mess this season. I expected him to fail. He did the best that he could. Alvin Gentry is not a bad person to have in this organization, even if it's not as your head coach going forward. Now, I think the Kings did something similar with Ty Corbin 
in this regard and Ty basically disappeared and we never heard from him again. So maybe that's what's going to happen again for Alvin Gentry. I just hope it's not a, okay, now Gentry is like the overseer of coaches or another advisor for Vivek to use to potentially undermine McNair or the actual basketball decision makers. Things got to change at the top if they're going to change, period. No matter what McNair does this offseason, if that doesn't change, the Kings aren't going to win. And I'd like to believe that finally, finally, and maybe this article is also influencing this change, finally Vivek and this ownership group is starting to recognize that. I'd like to believe Monty McNair when he has said time and time again that this is his team and he has full autonomy. I'll believe it when I see it. But that's the only way the Kings can improve in my opinion. All right. I got the opportunity to hear from both DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox at the Golden One Center. I'll share with you some of their comments coming up next. Plus, I have some numbers for you for this overall failure of a King season. That's coming as well. So make sure you keep tuning in. But I also want to make sure you know about Built Bar, the phenomenal longtime sponsor of the Locked on Kings podcast from their delicious Built Bars that honestly replace candy bars, protein bars that taste amazing, covered in 100% chocolate, so many different flavors for you to try, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. From that to their amazing new marshmallow puffs that it's amazing these things are good for you because it tastes like straight up candy, straight up sweets uh, that you would pull out for a late night snack or eat around a campfire. These puffs are so good. Go and try them out. Whatever you order on built.com, Locked On is going to hook you up by letting you use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. It's been a while since we heard from both DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. They, of course, sat out the remainder of the season, both with their own injuries. You're going to hear both of them, or at least you're going to hear DeMontis Sabonis in, in these clips that I pulled out uh, talk about uh, his injury. Great stuff in here. First is Sabonis, then Fox's comments are after Sabonis's. Tie them all together for you. Some great things for you to react to. Really listen closely. Uh, and I'll share some of my thoughts on the things that they said coming out of the back half of it. But here are earlier today from the Golden One Center, DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. Um, I think since I got here, um, it's been great. You know, um, they've showed, um, they've welcomed me with open arms and um, they've really showed that uh, they want to make a change. And, um, it starts with it starts with us coming and uh, making uh, making a big jump this uh, off season, and um, I, I'm 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 excited for it. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff uh, we we got to do. I have full full trust in uh, Monty and Wes, and uh, I'm excited. I want to say thank you to Alvin. You know, he was great since I got here. Made it very easy. Made it very easy. Um, put the ball in my hands. You know, made this transition um, easier than I thought it would have been, and. I loved working with him, you know, and that's part of the business. Um, upstairs knows what they're doing, you know, and we have a full full trust in them. And um, I'm I'm just excited for uh, what's to come now and uh, what's going to happen. Hey, Domas, uh, do you do you expect to have some input on um, on this coaching search? And what are some of the the characteristics and, and traits you would be looking for? Um, yeah, you know, um, I would like to be part of it and. Um, Talk, uh, talk to everyone, give them my, my, my input and uh, what I think, what I've seen, what could work, what could help. I'll personally try and uh, go out and see some guys in, individually and work on our two-man game and work on our chemistry. You know, The more people can come, the better. Um, 
definitely try and meet up in the summer. Most of the team, if, if we can get them uh, to, to work out together, don't know where it is yet. Um, Vegas, trying to get as many guys out in Vegas and uh, get some workouts in. So the more we kind of work together, um, it's going to be better. You know, we have big goals for, for next season. Just in hindsight, after playing with Fox and then not playing with Fox with, yeah. with the injury, um, did anything kind of change? I mean, obviously he took a pretty substantial jump mm -hmm. uh, to the, what we, the Fox we saw even in yeah. years previous. What do you kind of attribute that to? He already had the role of the leader on this team, but he kind of stepped up and had the ball more in his hands. You know, I was out there to help him get open, you know, attract more, attract more attention. And he just took advantage of it. He was, he was great. He was great making shots. Um, anytime we needed a bucket, he was there to, 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 to give it uh, push, pushing the pace, talking on defense. You know, uh, he really, he really showed a side that I, I didn't even know um, he, he, he had. And that makes me really excited for next year. Oh, I was definitely trying to make it back uh, to come out there and play. Um, but uh, as a medical staff and team, uh, we decided it was best to just um, let it heal fully and not and not risk anything. I don't think I had a – I wouldn't say I had a good season. I think I had a good stretch uh, before I got hurt. But that's pretty much all it, all it is. Uh, before those, I guess, last, what, 20 games, um, I don't feel like I played um, even close to my ability. Kind of back to uh, Gentry there for a minute. Just – the time that he took over obviously wasn't a, in, you know, the easiest situation. He'd been there before. Just how do you think he did? And is there much you can take from the experience under him these past two years? Uh, I think he, I think he handled it great. Um, obviously, you know, at that time, I think you know, everybody kind of saw it coming. And uh, the way, like you said, he he's been through it before, and he talked about that. And you know, it's never easy. You know, being in his position, um, obviously, you know, we can talk about the players and everybody else, but uh, being that guy that has to, you know, step up and be a head coach for the for, for the remainder of a season is definitely, you know, a difficult job. But um, I think he, he did a good job of trying to keep everybody together and trying to be able to finish out this season strong. Um, I mean, he's he's a true professional, and I think everybody, you know, who's, who's ever come across him will tell you that. Um, but it's uh, – it's a difficult thing to go through. You know, I hadn't been through, you know, a coach firing in the middle of a, of a season before, and he, he, he handled it with the utmost profession and, uh, professionalism. And, um, I mean, that's why he's been in this league for, for so long, for as long as probably longer than I've been alive, he's been in this league. So uh, you kind of see why. You definitely see why he's been here this long. Probably half the NBA spends their offseason in, in L.A. So um, I think a lot of guys will make their way there. Um, just to try to get some weeks in together and, and working out and uh, just being around each other. I think that's that's kind of what builds chemistry. And um, that's that's already, you know, we've talked about that as a, you know, from GMs down and, and players just trying to, trying to be around each other this summer. Um, so those things are definitely in works. We're definitely talking about that a lot. We just talked to Domas a minute ago about it. But, like, when he got here, I mean, you were already playing pretty well, but it seemed like you even took a bigger jump that looked like something we had seen in previous seasons. What do you attribute that to? I know he was just kind of talking about even having the ball in your hands a little bit more. Um, I mean, obviously, somebody like that, um, he takes a little bit of pressure off of you. Well, he takes a lot of pressure off of you because uh, he's such a dynamic roller, a guy that can post up. And um, obviously, I've always talked about it. Like, I'm, I'm seeing the best defenders every night, you know, no matter who it is. Um, but we talk about it, the way he screens, the way he passes. Um, he opens up a lot more opportunity. Obviously, you know, I, I, I think I scored pretty well off the dribble, but uh, just being able to have him out there and um, having guys that just know how to play and, and, and move, uh, something that we obviously need to do more of. But um, it just opens up and, and gives and gives you a, 
a, a wider range of, of opportunity to make plays and, and to score. Hey, Vox, you've spoken before about wanting to grow as a leader, and the camera caught you a number of times uh, towards the end of the season, especially interacting with uh, Davion Mitchell during timeouts on the bench. Uh, can you speak to that experience, being out of the game, but being able to work with him and the growth that he, he saw over the final few weeks? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I think every player that's that's ever been injured could probably tell you that uh, it's it's easier to kind of process the game once you're once you're sitting down and you're watching it and you can see everything that's going on. Uh, so I mean, I was just throwing him my two cents, and um, I mean, he he's we all know Davion is probably the hardest worker that we've all probably seen outside of maybe Kobe, uh, but he's he's a listener, you know. Um, once teams would start blitzing him and throwing different coverages at him, you know, this is stuff that I've seen uh, in my years playing. And um, I would just tell him how I would attack it. Obviously, we're, we're very different players. Um, but just trying to give him that type of insight and, you know, little cheat codes to get around some of the stuff that, uh, that you see when teams throw junk defenses at you, um, that was, that's, that's pretty much all I was trying to do. And, I mean, he, we all saw it. He, he finished the season as strong as, you know, probably anybody in the league. Uh, and definitely any guards in the league. So uh, just trying to help him with that and, I mean, try to hit the ground running next year. Um, you know, I feel like I finished, you know, the games that I was playing, I finished the season strong, and he finished the season strong. So we just want to hit the ground running next year. Around this time last year over Zoom, you were telling us one of the things you learned last year and took away from last year is in games that you're not great, you have to be at least good. How would you assess how that went for you this season? Is that still a focus for you going forward? Uh, definitely still a focus. Um, like I said early on, I don't think I was I was playing well. I mean, I th truthfully, the first game, I had a good first game, and then after that, it kind of, you know, went downhill. Um, but next year, if I can, you know, try to replicate what I did in the first game and then try to keep that going, be consistent uh, throughout the entire season, then I think um, we're probably in a different place. Great to hear that Sabonis says that he's healthy. I thought it was interesting that he said that he wanted to play and wanted to return, but ultimately he and the Kings uh, medical staff decided against it. Makes sense why they decided to shut him down for the season. Didn't want to risk anything, but he will be playing this summer for Lithuania, uh, which he does frequently. I think almost every single summer he's done this playing for the Lithuanian national team uh, where he is from. Um, so, I thought those comments were great. I thought his comments on uh, working, building chemistry with his teammates, working with De'Aaron Fox over the offseason was great. I also thought it was very interesting, Sabonis' comments there towards the end, where he basically said, look, this was Fox's team, this is Fox's team, and I came in here to help him out. I think that's very interesting, considering you could argue that DeMontis Sabonis is the better of the two players. I mean, he's got the better track record than Fox coming in here to Sacramento. He could have stepped up to the mic and said, no, nah, this is like my team now, and, and Fox is the Robin to my Batman, but that's not what he said. He said he's he's here to, it's still Fox's team, and, and he's here to help Fox uh, in whatever way he can. And we saw the benefits of that with the two of them playing together for the 15 or so games that they had uh, before getting hurt there towards the end of the season. So great com uh, comments from Sabonis. And then great stuff from De'Aaron Fox too. You heard the two questions that I asked him. His comments on Davion Mitchell, I thought, were extremely interesting. I mean, it doesn't get much higher praise when you're commenting on the work ethic of a player than you say he is second only to Kobe freaking Bryant. Like you talk about Mamba mentality, it seems to me that De'Aaron Fox is saying that Don or Davion Mitchell has Mamba 
mentality. So that praise was was significant to hear in person. Also, De'Aaron talking about Gentry. Uh, you heard Sabonis talking about Gentry as well. Just some great stuff in there. There's more comments uh, which you can find. I encourage you to go like to ABC 10's YouTube channel uh, and you can listen to and watch the whole press conferences for both of them. But those were the biggest and, and best quotes that I felt uh, from both those two players in that press conference. And now I want to hear your thoughts on both of those players, the things that they had to say. What did you take away from that? Let me know at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesportsgmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. I have some numbers to share for you for this season as a whole for the Kings. Another disappointing losing season for the Kings and the numbers do reflect that. I'll share those right after I tell you about Bet Online. Even though the Kings season is over and I sincerely hope that you made money on Kings basketball during the season. You can still make money on your Kings knowledge or have some fun betting on who you think the next Kings head coach is going to be. Uh, there are already a list of names out there that the Kings are interested in. I'm sure there will be odds on Bet Online very, very soon uh, for you to bet on. So cash in on who you think or who you believe will be uh, the the next head coach of the Sacramento Kings. Plus, you can bet on so many things. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can bet all playoffs long here in the NBA. The uh, Major League Baseball is returned. You can bet on baseball if you want. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. We're definitely going to talk about this more later on in the offseason as the search gets underway, but Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out a early list of potential candidates expected to be considered for the Kings head coach position. Those names include Kenny Atkinson, Steve Clifford, Mark Jackson, Mike Brown, Bucks assistants, Charles Lee and Darvin Ham. And there's even more on that list. These are a lot of proven NBA coaches who have a reputation for turning lottery candidates into playoff teams. Uh, and that is obviously what the Sacramento Kings are trying to do. I think it's interesting that the Kings are going that route. It's probably the correct route to go because the Kings also could have gone in the route of, I don't know, hiring Doug Christie and promoting Doug Christie, which would have definitely seemed like a Vivek Ranadive move. Not that I'm saying that Doug isn't capable of doing that job. You know how much I love Doug. Doug is a friend of mine. You've heard him on this podcast many times before. And I worked with Doug for many years in Sacramento Sports Radio at KHDK. I'm not saying that Doug isn't fit for that position, and I don't think he could be a good NBA head coach. What I'm saying is the Kings are clearly trending for proven coaches who have been there and done that before. That's what they need. They want that stability versus a young guy out of college or someone who's getting their first real shot here in Sacramento. That could obviously work too. doesn't seem like the Kings are going in that direction. So out of those names that I listed off, maybe their name's not on that list that you want on that list. Let me know your thoughts on that. And let me know your thoughts on some of these numbers that I'm going to read for you. It's no uh, no surprise that we this has been a complete failure of a season by all standards for the Sacramento Kings. And uh, I mean, they managed to win less games this season, fewer games this season than they did in the last two seasons that were abbreviated because of COVID-19. 31 wins in the last two seasons and 30 wins this season. That's not good. At least they got two 30 wins. They were able to do that by defeating the Phoenix Suns uh, last night. But these numbers are all provided by Will Z Stats on uh, on Twitter. He's a, uh, a Kings fan who's starting to really break into the business, and he puts out 
phenomenal numbers, deep dive numbers into the Sacramento Kings. I encourage you to go and check out the, the tweets and the things that he has to put together. But here's some numbers for you about this Kings season. In general, the Kings... Uh, averaged 110.3 points per game, which is 16th in the NBA. So they didn't even manage to be a top half offense in the league. Rebounding, they were 27th in the league at 42.9 rebounds a game, 22nd in the league in assists at 23.7, 20th in the league in field goal percentage at 46% as a team, 24th in three-point percentage at 34.4, 4th in free throw attempts, which is good at 23.3. So other than free throw attempts, the Kings were in the bottom half of the league in every other major offensive statistical category. Remember, the offense was supposed to be the strength of this team. Never mind how bad the Kings' defense is. Their offensive rating, 109.6. That's 24th in the NBA. The higher the offensive rating, the better. Their defensive rating was 114.8. That's 27th in the NBA. The lower the defensive rating, the better. So the Kings had a net rating of negative 5.2, which is 25th in the NBA. Yeah, not good. Here's some shooting numbers. The Kings shot 65.7% from the restricted area. That's 12th in the NBA. They were 8th in the NBA in mid-range field goal percentage at 42.2%. 16th in corner threes at 38.3%. Uh, above the break, three-pointers, 24th at 33.4%. Catch-and-shoot threes, 23rd at 35.6%. Pull-up threes, a woeful 31%. That's 24th in the NBA. Wide-open threes, 28th. In the NBA, there are only two teams worse than the Kings shooting wide open three pointers this season at 35.6%. And then there's these other miscellaneous stats. The Kings were ninth in the league in points in the paint, so they did a lot of good scoring around the rim. No surprise there. 19th in the league in fast break points at 11.7 per game. That's absolutely inexcusable. How the hell the Sacramento Kings are not in the top half of the league in fast break scoring when you have De'Aaron freaking Fox as the best player on your roster? That is beyond me. And then you have opponent points in the paint. 51.4 per game. That's 27th in the NBA. Opponent field uh, overall points. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, fast break points. 13.4. That's 23rd in the NBA. The Kings were on average outscored in the fast break more than they scored their opponents in the fast break. That just that's inexcusable to me. Uh, so those are some numbers provided by Will Z Stats. There's more uh, out there for you to check out. But overall, as those numbers suggest, across the board, with the exception of a couple statistical categories, the Kings were in the bottom half, if not towards the bottom of the league. Numbers don't lie sometimes. Of course, the eye test is important. The Kings failed the eye test, and the numbers are a major failure as well. Kings got a lot to do this offseason. A lot to do. And now that the offseason is officially underway, we have a lot of great content coming for you here on Locked on Kings. Tomorrow, Kings general manager Monty McNair is expected to speak to the media. I'll have a podcast uh, with his comments and my thoughts on the things that McNair has to say uh, about this season and this upcoming offseason. Uh, and then I'm expected to have ABC 10's Sean Cunningham, my colleague, uh, back with me here on Locked on Kings to just talk about the season as a whole in this upcoming offseason. And then, very excited about these Season reviews that I'm going to be doing about certain Kings players, groups of players, Monty McNair, Alvin Gentry, and each one of these reviews is going to feature commentary and analysis from the G-Man, Gary Gerald, legendary Kings radio announcer. Uh, he's scheduled to join me for those. I'm very excited about that. So that's all coming immediately here to start the offseason. Just because the playoffs are going on doesn't mean we're slowing down here in Sacramento. Locked on Kings content is going to continue even if we're not talking about playoff basketball. Hey, one day maybe we will but that is not the case right now. Plus amazing content surrounding the draft lottery, the draft itself, what the Kings do in free agency, what the Kings do in trades. 
There's a lot coming for you this summer. It's going to be busy, busy, busy. And I hope you'll stick around with me here on Locked on Kings through all of it. Really appreciate your support. As always, can't wait to have you join me next season. And I will say, getting a little sappy here towards the end of the podcast, this was the most difficult King season for me to cover in my career to this point. Like, brutally difficult for me. Also, having a kid and all the COVID-19 stuff going on, like, it all stacked up. But this year was extremely frustrating for me. That being said, this year was by far the best year for Locked on Kings by a massive margin. From launching on YouTube last offseason, where the numbers have uh, have gone there already, uh, to the audio listeners continuing to show up and those numbers going up, we broke record upon record upon record, and it wasn't even freaking close. And that is all because of you and the loyalty of Kings fans that this team sometimes, maybe most of the time, simply does not deserve. So thank you so much for making this season successful despite the team we talk about being completely unsuccessful. I appreciate you and hope that will continue through the offseason and into next season and beyond. Thanks again. Can't wait to have you join me on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.